0: Uh as we were approaching this uh new year here uh I asked Paul of course, you know. He was happy to oblige when I said, you know, I uh, I have a message to start the new year off for the church and just kind of ask him if it, if it would be alright with him which we all, you know, come to him cuz he's so good at this kind of stuff, but uh anyway, so, you know, we we all have our turns. We we share the responsibility up here and we're not trying to put all the weight on him, so I said I'm I'm going to jump up here and do this for New Year's, and what God had kind of downloaded to me is, uh, you know, everybody makes New Year's resolutions. It's just part of what we do, but of course, most of the time, we don't keep them uh, on a personal level, but the New Year's resolutions that God was downloading to me is something that he said that I needed to share with y'all, and it's New Year's resolutions as a church, and not... It's a New Year's resolution for yourself and how you can personally affect your church and how you can help your church. So as I was kind of going through this, I was, you know, I, I knew what I wanted to talk about, but I didn't know what I wanted to talk about. So uh, anyway, so I just started making a list of everything that I wanted to talk about. <clears throat> so we're going to kind of work through this. I got seven things that I really wanted to explain to y'all uh, what God was trying to explain to me and all of this, and just I really hope that y'all get it as good as I hope I got it. So let's see here. Uh oh, I'm pressing right and it ain't moving. Paul. Sorry, I back on the program. You're okay. Look at there. All right. So first off, uh, this is by far the most important thing that, that we need to focus on as a church, as an individual, as a church internationally, globally, locally, personally, home, every aspect of your being should be. First, we want to prioritize God above all. Second, we want to prioritize others. And then last, we want to prioritize ourselves. And we know this because in Mark 12:28 through 31, it says, And one of the scribes came up and heard them disputing with one another. And seeing that he answered them well, asked him, Which commandment is the most important of all? And Jesus answered, The most important is, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. And you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind and with all your strength. The second is this, You shall love your neighbor as yourself. There is no other commandment greater than these. So, God first. We've got to love God. Okay, you know, there's all kinds of rules. I don't remember how many laws and rules and stuff there are through the Old Testament. It's 600 and something or whatever. But <clears throat> if you really look at what Jesus is talking about here, the important ones, the, 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 the Ten Commandments, all of them, if you can follow these two steps right here that Jesus said the greatest commandments above all, you'll be able to accomplish any of them. You know, if you love God with all your heart and you love your neighbor as though you love yourself, you're not going to lust after somebody. You're not going to commit murder. You're not going to have all these problems that you the, the, they're trying to warn us against. That's why Jesus really, really pushed these forward. Because if you live for God, if you dive into God and who God is as a person or as a person, to me, he's a person. He's somebody who I walk with every day. Like me and God have a relationship Everybody has your relationship. To me, me and God, we joke with each other a lot. You know, my, my God's funny in my mind, you know, uh, but who God is, how he, how he carries us through this is, uh, it's so important to understand that we can't accomplish what needs to be accomplished without him. We've got to love Him. We've got to know Him because He loves us. And you're not going to do that unless you spend the time with Him and you get to know Him. And you've got to dedicate it. That's what this resolution is. It's a dedication. We're, God, this is, I'm dedicating this to you. So first off, above all else as a church, we have got to prioritize God first. And then when we do that, that love of God is going to radiate from within us out. And it's going to make loving others, prioritizing others second. Man, there are so many people in this world right now that are struggling, that need help. And whenever you watch the media, whenever you get on social media, whatever it may be, you start getting this, this idea of focus on yourself. Focus on yourself. Because of COVID, you need to take steps to make sure you are okay and all that kind of stuff. And that's, that's understandable. I, I get where they're going with that. But we're taking it to the point where we're forgetting the others, the people that are struggling, the people that need the help. And I'm not saying that if there's somebody that's sick that might have COVID that you're praying for that you need to uh, go over there and get all up in their face or anything like that, man. But if you don't know what to do, do something. And when I say that, if, if you know somebody down the road, an old lady, she's struggling... Go sweep her patio off. Go rake her yard. Just something. Just it takes the smallest little spark to create a fire. And if we turn around and start thinking to ourselves, I, man, I don't know what to do. I know that person down there needs help, but I don't know what to do. I, you know, I can't go over there and help them because they might, have, I might you know, because of COVID and you know they're an elderly person with pre-existing conditions. So we want to, you know, try and social distance from them. We don't want to put them in any any kind of bad situation but there's still things that you can do you know it's go down to the city water department you know you had a good week at work go down there and be like I know my neighbor's struggling let me go find out how much their water bill is and pay their water bill for them you know or you know let me turn around and get their phone number call them you should know your neighbors if you don't know your neighbors to where you can contact them in any kind of a way that's step one Get to meet them. Write them a letter if you're scared to touch them. Spray it down with some Febreze or or some Lysol and stick it in the mailbox and send it to them and say, Hey, I'm your neighbor. I just wanted you to know that I'm here. If you need anything, God bless you. I love you. Just it takes a step. One step is all it takes. And then last, we're going to worry about and prioritize ourselves because uh, obviously the others come first. But what we're going to go into next and the second part of this is... commit to spiritual growth now the rest of these a lot of it's going to have to do with working on yourself now this commit to spiritual growth the reason I wanted to go straight into this one is because whenever you prioritize God first and then you prioritize other and you put yourself last I'm not trying to say that you need to just not work on yourself because everything has to come through you God works through you so you've got to be there too so when it comes to spiritual growth uh this is, this is what I wrote down right here. Uh, you can't pour out of an empty cup. You know, uh, so many times we, part of my little testimony, my wife and Paul and them can attest to it. I was going through a stretch there when I was going to ministry school. I mean, I was involved in everything. I was constantly, you know, I was at church for everything. I was part of the worship team, but I was going to ministry school. I was coming to every men's meeting and I had so much being poured into me. Just, man, it was just massive from all different directions. Several different pastors I was getting poured into. My cup runneth over, okay? I finished up ministry school, and then and then we, you know, I got to step into a youth pastor role at our other church. And, and next thing you know, I've been so used to the last few years of being poured into so much that now I started pouring out and pouring out. And pouring out, and I wasn't taking as much time as needed to pour back in. I wasn't allowing God to pour into me as much as I was pouring out. And I started spiritually struggling for a while there. I mean, look, Courtney, she's back there giving me the, yeah, you were. Because I was. That was a really, really tough thing. So you want to prioritize others. You prioritize God first. You prioritize others first. But you've got to make sure that you've got adequate resources refilling your cup, and you're taking the time to do it, such as reading your Bible, setting time out every day to pray. Uh, It's not not as hard as you think. There's a few things that you could do, you know. uh, We're fixing to start men and women's meeting up. That's great because one of the first things I had put here was meet regularly with a small group or get an accountability partner or something like that, not a spouse. Spouse is good at accountability, but like my spouse, she holds me to a very high standard. You don't need somebody that holds you to that high of a standard. You just need somebody that's going to turn around and say, what are you struggling with? You can tell them, and they'll help you walk through it. Uh, you can, you know, read through the Bible or whatever. One of the things that I'm going to try to do this year personally when it comes to this is I'm going to try and take off one day a month. Maybe, and not, might be, not even be a full day, but I'm going to dedicate not just my you know, an hour of prayer time or a little bit of time reading scripture or anything, but I'm going to try and take out like an afternoon or a morning specifically just to focus on spiritual renewal. But I'm not saying that you need to turn around and meditate for a day or anything like that. Uh, the, the idea that I had, and I'm just going to throw this out there because it might spark some ideas for y'all. Pick like, you know what, on a Saturday morning, because I'm off on Saturdays, on Saturday morning, TVs off, phones off, tablets off, everything off. Me and the wife and my three kids, we're going to sit down and play some games together and maybe read a scripture and talk about God a little bit. You know, cut the world out of us for a minute. You don't know how much spiritual growth comes from that. Uh, How much good comes and spiritual growth comes from the unity of that. And uh, I have a really, really awesome story uh, that has to do with this first of the year. I turned around and uh, decided that <clears throat> I decided what I was going to do. Of course, my wife, she partners with me in everything I do. And uh, I said, I'm going to fast the beginning of the year. From the, for, for, I was going to fast the first three days, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, break the fast, Sunday after church, after I give this message. Well, we tell the boys, hey, we're gonna, the meals are going to be different because me and mom aren't going to be eating because we were going to do like a no food fast. A pretty intense fast. And my oldest, Jude and Cable, who are, you know, they're 11 and 10. They're smart. They they understand God. They're really, really good little kids. And first thing they do is pop up and say, hey, we want to fast with you and man, of course, you know, that dad, like, you know, like, uh, to me, it felt like they just scored a touchdown, you know, like, I'm so excited my kids are taking it, and we weren't asking them to, we were just telling them meals were going to be different, they were still going to get to eat, probably going to eat more McDonald's than they normally do, just because, you know, we weren't going to cook for just, you know, them, and, well, anyway, so they agreed, they were going to fast Friday till sunset, you know, the kids, one day fast, that's, that's enough for them, they were They were hungry by 10 o'clock in the morning, but as we're going through and going through the day, and I was just, man, I wasn't really praying. I wasn't really doing anything. I was just kind of letting my mind go blank, you know, just kind of had a, I have a puzzle game on my phone that I play with that I don't really have to pay attention to do, and I was just kind of in my own little zone, and guess who showed up? God did, and he wanted to tell me something, and what he wanted to tell me was, hey, Jimmy, I want you and Courtney to break your fast. At sundown and I said well God we had already planned to break our fast Sunday you know we were going to do this three-day fast I'm giving this three days to you of no fa- and if you've never done a three-day fast they are hard and I was like here we are and God turned around and he downloaded something to me he said when your kids voluntarily without any kind of coercion said they wanted to fast with you there is more power in breaking that fast with them and the unity in your family, in your household, there is so much more in that than you could ever hope to accomplish in three days of fasting on your own. The fact that me, my wife, and my two older ones, my Lane, he, he's four, he's young, he doesn't quite understand, but the older ones who understand and get what we were doing, what we were trying to accomplish, the fact that they volunteered to do it, God said there's so much power in that that you accomplish more breaking you're fast. And we all did. We turned around and Courtney actually went and got McDonald's for dinner because that's our Friday night tradition. She went and got McDonald's for dinner. She came back. We all sat in a circle and we prayed. And each one of my boys said a prayer to God. We held hands in a circle and they prayed to God and we broke our fast together. And like I said, God showed me there was so much in that. But I personally got so much growth out of that. Like what God downloaded to me in just one day of fasting about unity and about how what we can accomplish when we work together in, in unity like that, especially in a family in a in a in a household like that. Man, it's gonna make me cry almost, you know, because it was just so powerful what what was going on and and so that's what I mean when I say let's commit to spiritual growth. Let's do things that's gonna grow us. You know, let's do things that's gonna affect the church because I know that the attitude that I had coming into today was completely different than it would have been had I not... I'm not saying I wouldn't have accomplished anything with the three-day fast, but when I was doing it as my idea and not doing it on God's timing... It would have been different. This message would have been different. Everything about this would have been different. But the fact that God said, hey, there's so much more you accomplish if you do it all in unity. And I was able to join with my whole family. And we did this one thing together that so much different came out of it that it's affected everything. It's affected me and it's going to continue to affect me. I know it is because I have a whole different mentality about it now. So second is we want to commit to spiritual growth. Uh, Third, maintain a healthy balance between home and work. Now, just like the rest of us, we all have work. We all have stuff we've got to do, and it's really hard, especially I know like me and Courtney and Paul and Michelle, and when you got a bunch of young kids at the house, and then you work and you're stressful at work, super stressful, and then you turn around and come home, and now you're dealing with these crazy kids that are just going 900 miles an hour and, and, and all that kind of stuff, you know, But, uh, but... It makes you feel like you're on the clock 24-7 when you do that kind of stuff. And we need to uh, maintain a, a really healthy balance between that, but it takes effort. It's a very conscious effort that you have to do, like, you know, when I have a bad day at work, I have to take severe steps to not come home and 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 change the atmosphere of my house and affect that atmosphere and change it. You know, uh, you know, atmospheres are very very crucial. How many? You know, who was the the preacher that once or pastor that turned around and said, "Be a, a thermostat, not a thermometer." About- yeah, yeah. You know, don't go in and adjust to the room, change the temperature of the room. How many times have you seen somebody get worked up on something, you know, they're like, they're fighting mad. Let's say at work, you know, one of your fellow co-workers, he gets mad, so he starts going to everybody else because he wants everybody to be as mad as him and he starts creating this atmosphere and it's like everybody starts short, getting short with each other and it's like, man, you can feel the tension in the air. That's not how it's, we, we need to be the ones that come in and change the air. But whenever you're having a bad day at work, especially as a guy, as a father, when we're the spiritual leaders of our household, we're the spiritual covering over it. If I have a bad day at work and I'm, and I'm really upset and struggling, I don't need to bring that home with me because all that's going to do is end up causing a fight between me and Courtney, which is going to affect the kids. And next thing you know, Jude and Cable are going to be ready to throw blow, blows in the backyard and, and all this kind of stuff. But if you can turn around and make the conscious effort to separate that stuff and have a healthy separation of work and home, then whenever you get to, uh, whenever you get home from work and stuff like that, you're gonna turn around and see this big difference. You're gonna enter into your household with, a, with an idea of peace. And I don't, I mean, you might have to take steps such as, uh, hey, whenever you get home, put my car in park, turn my radio off or turn on your favorite worship song. That's a good one. Get home, pull your phone out, turn on your favorite worship song. And spend the next three, four, eight minutes, however long that worship song is, just getting with God and get your mind and your heart right before you get out and walk in your house. It's going to make a difference. you got to have that. But then it's also vice versa. Don't bring problems at home to work because work can be very volatile compared to the home life. The home life, I thought, was, man, home is, is where the, the problems are. I've, I've said all the time, you say all the time that, uh, man, I can't wait to get back to work so I can relax you know, and, and, and rest and stuff like that. But now I've come to the understanding that, that my work, work is way more volatile and I don't work with lots of people. I mean, we're not a huge business. We got, you know, so many employees, but I only have a constant relationship with, you know, eight, 10 people and man, it can be so volatile up there. And, and you, you gotta be careful if you're having problems at home, you know, if you have a bad day at home, a bad morning, you don't need to bring that to work with you because you're going to turn around and it's going to bleed over. It's going to. You've got to make a conscious effort in everything that you do to not to not be like that. You know, you've got to... Uh, let's say one of the things that I put down here was choose one day per, per week that you will devote uh, an entire evening to your family for dinner or something like that, you know, little stuff like that, uh, choose one day off a week that you'll, uh, you know, not check your email. Kind of like what I was saying with like the big stuff, you know, it can affect you in the, you can do it with the small stuff too. I'm just kind of going over my notes cause I didn't prepare anything. I just wanted to speak what, let God give room for God to, to move and, and go through this, you know, so there's, there's a really, really good thing that comes with balancing home and work. Like I know my mother here, she's visiting from Oklahoma and, and she's a nurse and man, God bless her for what she does. Cause she's, I mean, she's had to work COVID floors and stuff like that. So she's been in the thick of it. And, you know, but for somebody like her, it's really hard when you're dealing with all these patients that have all these problems to not bring that home. You know, it's hard to do not just on a, Aggravated or an angry level, but on a, a, a sadness and remorse for somebody suffering and all that kind of stuff. But there's a healthy balance that we need to have in this, or whatever. We need to approach work in the good attitude, and we need to come home with the right kind of attitude, you know. Just so it, you know, we can't let let one destroy another. So uh, that's you know the the maintain that healthy balance between home and work. That's what I really want, you know. That and that was more for me. But like I said, I'm trying to let y'all know what God was telling me, and hopefully that it will will give y'all what y'all need to continue on this year. So uh, number four, uh, to cultivate personal and work relationships. So <clears throat> just like we talked about uh, a while ago, like, you know, g- get with the men's meeting, get with somebody that can help hold you accountable and stuff like that, you know. Uh, that's super important when it comes to personal. Uh, Work and personal relationships, you know, it's difficult to stay on track without somebody to help hold you accountable. Biggest example of this is look at the students that are doing at home learning. How, you know, th- there's been studies going all over the United States about how these students are suffering, their grades are suffering and plummeting and all this kind of stuff, because when they're at home, parents are so busy, they're trying to do parent stuff, they might be working, you know, and the kids are, are here or whatever, that they don't have that teacher standing at the front of the class for a kid, kid to hold them accountable. So when you start losing this accountability, you start to fall off. So what do we do? We need to turn around and build healthy relationships at work. You know, if you've got, let's just say you're struggling with getting to work on time. You're, you're five minutes late every day. Go to somebody that you like. Build a relationship with them. Somebody that's there 15 minutes early. And even if you got to say, hey, man, will you text me to, to whenever, you know, because you're up, you're moving, you're already coming into work, you know. Hey, man, will you shoot me a text every morning? I'm really struggling. I, I need somebody to help me get to work on time. Yeah, it sucks having to step out like that, you know, and ask somebody for help uh, when you're kind of a prideful guy, especially like I am. But... That's what we got to do. We've got to have these accountability partners, but you're not going to do it unless you have personal and work relationships. Unless you build these relationships, you know. Uh, anybody who's in here is married knows. Me and my wife, especially, I use her for a, a lot of this because it's. I'm speaking straight from our relationship. When we don't communicate, when we don't hold each other accountable, when it first starts happening, if we let it kind of go on and then we decide to hold each other accountable, it is an eruption it is Pompeii, it is, uh, I mean, it's, you know, it's Mount St. Helens that erupts, it's just, that's life, that's, you know, it's what happens, but it's whenever, you know, if I keep telling Courtney, or Courtney keeps telling me, hey, babe, will you do this, hey, will you do this, will you do this, and I do the typical guy, I'll do it, I'll get it done, I'll get it done, I'll get it done, five or six weeks later, she keeps asking me, and she's not being mean about it, she said, hey, you said you were going to do this. Will you get it done? She's holding me accountable, but I'm not taking it in. I don't have a healthy relationship on that situation right there. That's not, I'm not taking it in in a healthy way. Next thing you know, I blow up and I say, I don't care if it's been six months. Leave me alone. You know, I built her a table. I still haven't clear or, or polyurethane to, to seal it off. It's, she just turned around and had to go buy one of them spill-proof, uh, tablecloth to put over it to keep it from getting stained up from the kids you know and 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 it's uh it's just it happens it happens you know and uh but if you don't have healthy personal and work relationships and that if you don't if they're not good relationships and and I say I didn't put healthy in here and because to me if it's not healthy it's not a real relationship so that's why I didn't say healthy relationships because you know if like I said if it ain't healthy, it's not a real relationship, it's just an interaction It's somebody you interact with, not somebody you have a relationship so but you you've got to turn around and have these relationships with people that can help hold you accountable, and that's so important going into this year because you know uh I've, i I know a guy that I work with. <clears throat> And for the life of me, I can't understand why he can't wash his hands more often. We're mechanics. We get dirty. And I'm not saying like in a nasty, I like go into the bathroom not washing. But like he'll turn around and wash his hands or be working on a car and get have like some dirt and grease. And then he'll go to take a break and he'll sit down at his laptop and he'll start punching on his laptop with greasy, dirty fingers. And I'm like, man, that's you had to buy this, you know, $600 laptop. You had to buy it out of your own pocket. And here you are grease punching it with your fingers. And it's just like, man, that's, you know. And... I need to have a, I have a relationship with the guy, but it's not healthy enough of a relationship right now for me to be able to say, that's nasty. You're going to tear your stuff up because he'll get offended, and that's my fault for not trying to build a better relationship with him. So I need to take the steps to build better relationships, not so people can also hold can not just so people can hold me accountable, but if I have a good relationship, I can help hold them accountable. You know, uh, hey, you know, don't we work on customers' cars so. Uh, work on cars for a living, and so we need to, you know, make sure bolts get torqued properly, wheels get torqued properly, everything's installed properly, and it takes, sometimes it takes people to hold you accountable to make sure you're following all the steps properly, you know. How many times have you seen somebody get an impact gun and go to put a wheel on there and just go and then walk away, and they don't put a torque wrench on the wheels? Well, man, that thing's got, those lug nuts, those lug nuts have torque specs on them. They're supposed to be at a certain area. The wheels can fall off. It's a safety hazard. So it takes, you know, if you have somebody that's not following the steps, I can't just walk at them and start barking orders at them. It'll never sink in. So we need to build these personal and work relationships with your wife, with your spouse, with your, your church. The church family up here, this is a personal relationship that you build with us. And we wouldn't, I promise you, no matter how you take it, there's not a single member of this church that I can think of off the top of my head that would intentionally say something to try and make you mad or be mean to you. Now I'm not saying you might not take it that way, because like back when I first met Paul, I thought he was mean. First time I ever met him, he wouldn't even talk to me, and he was a pastor of a church. wouldn't even talk. I mean, I had I had, I, I didn't I? I had animosity towards this guy for a while, you know, and it's it's you know it's, I, I took it wrong. It was nothing to do with him. It was how I took him, you know. Uh, so. We've got to have the relationships. We've got to have them work and personal. They're super important, and it's going to help us get through this next year. It really is because we pray every day that it gets better. It might get worse, but it did say as though it was in the time of Noah, you know, when it, at the end time comes. So we know biblically it's just going to get worse. So, you know, we've got to prepare for that. You know, I'm, I'm, a, I'm, not, a, I'm not a bug out crazy guy, but I'm prior military, so it's, you always got to be prepared you need to be prepared for anything. So to have these good relationships, to be able to to hold you accountable and stuff, that's just super important. Number five, uh, I put this one on here because it's specifically for me, but improve your physical health. Now, I'm not saying that we need to turn around and go get ready to run a church marathon or anything together. That is not what I'm saying. But and and there are some limitations, you know, some people have medical problems, some people have, you know, older people that just don't have the the stamina they used to and stuff like that. I 100% understand that. But we need to be prepared for whatever God might have in store for us. For instance, Paul can attest to this. They didn't do it this year cuz of COVID, but at Thanksgiving they do the Christmas bo- or the Thanksgiving boxes with the, the chicken or turkey and all the canned food and stuff. Go volunteer to move all those boxes to people's cars for a day and tell me you're not dying at the end of the day because you got a big box full of frozen chicken, full of canned vegetables and all this kind of... It's a heavy box, and you are just all day just toting them to vehicles, toting them to vehicles. It'll wear you out. That's one of those things. If you don't know how well you would handle that, hey, maybe we ought to try working on it a little bit. Now, I'm not saying that we all got to turn around and be bodybuilders or anything like that. That's not what I'm saying. I'm just saying we need to try and have our body in a way to where we're capable of anything that God might have us do. You know, God might turn around and let's just say there's somebody who's struggling. They're really hurting. And their car breaks down on the side of the road and they're just at their wits end and you pull over to turn around and be that. God puts it on your I'm going to help these people. I'm going to pull over, see what they need, and then they turn around and say, "Well, my car's broke down." I need to get it out of the road. I need to get over into this parking lot and stuff like that. And you got to try and push it. Man, I push cars every day at work. Sometimes we have to push them in into the shop. Pushing a car ain't easy. But that might be the one thing that you might need to be able to do to break down a wall to speak God into that person's life. So that's what I'm saying. It's it's, it's, it's about there's something that has to do with your physical body. And a, a healthy physical body helps with a healthy spiritual body. Now, another reason I put this on there to improve our physical health is because obviously we're still dealing with this COVID. They're saying there's a new strain out. Nobody knows what's going on, but they do know that if you are healthy, you have a better chance of not even showing symptoms if you do get it, but being, you know, just fighting it off. You know, vitamin D, all these vitamins, you know, that kind of stuff is good for you. The better you are physically, the better your chances of recovering from this kind of stuff. And we don't know what this is going to turn into stuff like this COVID. We don't know where it's going to be in a year, two years, three years. So why not right now, while it's somewhat manageable before we don't, because like I said, we don't know what it's going to turn into or what's next down the road. We just don't know. So why don't we start working on, you know what, I'm going to spend an extra, you know, hour a week. I'm going to break it up into little, or, you know, 30 minute sessions, three days a week. Me and my family are going to put our phones down to work on our spiritual growth. And we're going to go for a walk together just to start building up our spirit, our physical body and building up our spiritual body together. See, all this kind of works together and it's really easy to do. And then if you have a healthy relationship with your wife that personal relationship, then she's going to be on board. You're going to be on board with it, and y'all are going to do this together, and you're going to grow your family, spiritually grow your family. And, and it, man, so much good comes of it. But they all kind of intertwine with each other. They all work together. That's what was so interesting when I was putting this together is how well these work with each other. Uh, I also, some of the notes I put down is, you know, get seven hours of sleep. Uh, the doctors have said it. I'm not going to dispute science i'm not some crazy religious person that refutes science no the doctors say you know it's best to get seven hours of sleep so yeah that means you might miss you know the next episode you're binge watching on netflix or whatever you might have to cut that one episode short a night to get to bed an hour earlier to turn around and get into better health but focus on it make the conscious effort to try and keep it to seven hours Uh, so we just want to continue to work on our physical growth, uh, our, our, our physical health and just continue to grow. And, and, and whenever you're doing this, it's just like, just like how I said with the, when you follow the commandments in uh, Mark 12, you know, love God, and love your neighbors. If you work on your physical health and you keep in mind you're taking the conscious effort to do it and remembering why you're doing it, you're not doing it for personal, for a pridely reason or anything like that because I want to be swole. I want to be like the rock. You're not trying to be anything like that. You say, I'm going to improve my physical health because that's going to help with my spiritual health with God and all this kind of stuff. It's going to help. It's just going to help. It's going to make things better, and we're going to be able to move forward and do more. And then that, in turn, is going to turn around and help you with the church because now you're able to do more things that you thought you couldn't. You might be able to help that person you originally wouldn't have, that you're going to get them into church, and and you just you, you never know the ripple effect that comes from this kind of stuff, so you can't be scared to take that step. So we're going to go to number six now. Uh, So we got the health and we got our spiritual growth that we're working on. And then we had to improve our physical health. But we also need to devote some time to improve the health of the church. And uh, that's uh, a. I thought that one was really interesting because. There's so many times that you see churches start struggling or start failing or start falling apart. And it's just as easy of a fix of where if more people were worried about the health of the church, the spiritual health of the church that would be willing to come in and help work like little antibodies to come in here and help fight off whatever the church is struggling with, then they would be better. I've seen churches fall. I've seen churches struggle. I've seen how they are. And, uh, So first off, what we want to do to help improve the health of this church, specifically I'm talking about Reclamation Church, specifically what I think we should do is first off, we need to stop comparing our church to other churches. And we need to stop speaking against anything. Now, do we need to pray for... God to move in people's lives and stuff like that, yes. But the speaking out against them, verbally speaking against them, we know there's power in the tongue, you know. Uh, We also, one thing that will help uh, improve the health of this church is going to be to uh, become more mission-minded. When I say that, like, we're working on putting men's, men's meetings together. Well, you know, me, Paul, Rex, we're all, Busy. We have jobs. We work and stuff like that, you know. So when there's a men's meeting coming up, volunteer be like, "Hey, is it okay if I prepare the lesson for the men's meeting coming up, or the women's meeting?" Be like, "Hey, I have a really cool idea. Do you mind if I if I'm be the one to kind of share this what what God has given me at the women's meeting or whatever it may be? Don't constantly rely on other people to do it. Uh, So be more mission minded because it's all about unity. You know, we speak so much on unity as a church that. Whenever we don't have that unity, when we're relying on one one side of it to hold all the weight up, we're going to tip over. So be that mission that mission minded, uh, you know. And if you have an idea, I also put down on here: start a ministry initiative. If you have an idea of something to be a ministry, I mean, you remember right before the old wreck shut down i kind of had that hey let's start doing a food pantry type thing and next thing you know we've got food stacked up and we're giving people we actually it was really awesome we had a box and uh i took jude and cable they were man they were what six seven at the time and i took them because i had a customer that i that i worked on their car when i was still at bill arnold's down there who was an old widow lady and was really struggling to get by and I worked on her car, and she was telling me how she was struggling. So we brought her this huge box with some pork loins. Remember we got all those pork loins and stuff? you know. And it was just because I had this idea. I was like, hey, it would be cool if we did some kind of like boxes for whatever. And then, of course, Paul and Rex, we all kind of talked about it. And then they kind of took the ball and ran with it. And we started the little pantry we had going over there. But, man, it was just, you know, if you've got a small idea. Now, we're not saying that it's going to happen. We gotta pray about it and stuff like that. But if you have a small idea of something that, that a ministry that could work for this church, or whatever, approach us with it, man, we we are not unapproachable at all. I mean, if we can approach the throne room of God and stand before Him, surely you can stand before a preach a couple of pastors that are just you know dudes following God's will, you know. So, like, come to us with those those questions you have or those ideas and anything like that. And 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 if we're in another ministry and you. You have a criticism of it or you have an idea for it or anything, bring it up. Man, we want nothing more than to grow, but we want to grow as everybody grow. You know, so last and not least, uh, develop your personal and professional skills. Now, uh, this one was kind of speaking more towards me and I almost didn't put it on here. Because obviously everybody knows, because I say it several times tonight, I'm a mechanic. I work on cars for a living. You know, I'm on commission. That's what I do. That's how I make my money. The better I am at my job, the more money I make. I need to develop those skills. The more I develop those skills, the faster I get, the better I get. The more money I'm going to be able to make to provide, to do whatever needs to be done. But then there's also personal skills. Would you believe it? That woman sitting right there with my wife, whenever we first got together, when we were still dating, she was too bashful to turn around and order her own food at a restaurant. She would tell me what she wanted. A lot of people thought I was this male condescending dude because I ordered her food for her at the restaurant. And It's like it has nothing to do with that. It's because she was too bashful to, to speak to a waiter. She was so shy. And now she stands up here and opens up. But it was a personal skill that she had to work on. And still to this point, every time we talk about, all right, uh, we're going to be getting kind of set up for the next month or two on who's going to be, like, giving the message during Sunday. We always look and go, oh, Courtney. And she's like, no, she's not quite ready. But, you know, it's like it's personal skill that she has steadily been working on, growing and growing. And, man, the first time I ever got to see her give a class Uh, at, I remember when she taught over there during the discipleship class, when you gave that class, I still got pictures of it. i the pride in me swelled up watching my wife sit down in front of a group of 30 people and give a lesson, you know, and watching her get up here now and, and open up, you know, open the church, you know, say, pray for people, whatever it may be. But it's, it's something that she had to develop. It was just something that she struggled with. But with the right group of people around her, she slowly, she had people to help hold her accountable. She had those personal and work relationships. And those relationships helped build her skills up that helped propel her to another level. And that's, that's kind of what I was getting at on this one. And like I said, I almost didn't put it because it was kind of for me. But the, the personal one, I know, you know, if, uh, if you struggle with talking to people, you know you really struggle just approaching somebody you don't you're not like me i can walk up and talk to anybody i don't care if you're bashful like my wife was and you're walking down you know and you see somebody that's in Walmart and they're crying and you you know god starts putting on your heart man you need to go talk to them see what the what, the, what the, what's hurting them where's this emotional hurt coming from or whatever but you're too bashful to walk up to them you know I mean, we just don't, we don't know. You know, I've always said that what scares me the most is whenever I die. And I get to go stand before God, and and Jesus is standing there, and, and he says, you know, well done. I always pictured in my mind. That there's a TV on the wall, and it's playing all this stuff, and, and Jesus is standing there, and he's like, oh, man, look how awesome that was. Look what you did for the church. Look what you did for this kingdom, for my father and, and for me and all this kind of stuff. And then I'm just so scared that he's going to get to the point. And he goes, ah, oh, yeah, but you remember this one right here? Yeah, you missed this one. You missed you miss this opportunity to, to help lead this person to Christ, you know. Now, God's going to send somebody else to work on those people, but, oh, man, you missed this one or you missed that one. And, man, that scares me to death that I'm going to disappoint him in some way. You know, so if there's something I can do to increase my personal skill to where I don't miss those marks, you know, and there's almost one other thing I'm just now kind of thinking about that you you got your professional, personal. We should almost put another one in here and put spiritual skills, because that would be another really good one to throw in there. You know, what are your spiritual skills? Uh, so just some of the things you could do, you know, is just pro- 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 professionally, this all kind of, see how they, when I'm talking about they all tie together. If you're struggling with showing up late to work, you build that relationship with somebody else to get them to start texting you to remind you, hey, you need to be heading out for work. You need to be coming to work and all this kind of stuff. They help hold you accountable. Well, next thing you know, they don't need to text you anymore, because you've done, you've done develop that skill, that you don't need somebody to help hold you accountable in that aspect. but there might be something else. So it's all they all tie together, but it's also important to develop these skills and all that to get us through this year. so anyway, those were my seven resolutions. I'm going to go back here, I'm going to start at number one and we're going to read them all. I'm going to read them all again. First off, we want to prioritize God first. Other second, and yourself last. Second is commit to spiritual growth. All right. Number three is maintain a healthy balance between home and work. Number four is cultivate personal and work relationships. We want to improve our physical health, which also will help grow us spiritually and improve our spiritual health. And that, in turn is also going to help just devote time and all that stuff and improve the health of our church because we got to have a healthy church. And then last is we're going to develop our personal and professional skills to help us go through this, this next year. This year, it could be rough. It could be easy. I'm not 100% sure how it's going to go, but... I do know that if we all work on this kind of stuff together and we hold each other accountable and we stay united through it, we're going to get through it. And we're going to get through it better than most. Because one thing that a lot of other people don't have that we have is just a a unity, a family of people that care about each other and want each other to succeed. So I'm going to close this out in prayer. Like Paul said before, if you have anything... That you're struggling with you need prayer whatever it may be approach us approach any of us we'll be happy to do it you know and uh to pray for you and 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 not just pray for you but but just love on you and care for you and and show you that that we care we really do and we want you to grow too so dear heavenly father just man thank you so much for this this past year that we had, Lord, with all the struggles, we still got to see your glory and your light shine through all of it, Lord. It was, uh, it was inspiring to watch, Lord, to, to see you move. Lord, as we enter into this next year, this, this 2021, Lord, man, just we give it to you, Lord. Let us, let us grow in, in these areas that we struggle in, Lord, that, that we can be a better steward of your grace and your love on this earth, that we can be that, that light on a hilltop, that turns around and shines for all to see, Lord, that uh, everybody knows when they're struggling, when they're hurting, whatever's going on, that they know who to approach to help, Lord, that they see us and they say, that's somebody that's going to love me and they're going to help me, Lord. Lord, as we just... uh, leave here just for anybody that's sick again I just want to lift them up to you like Miss Donna and any of these others that are struggling with this COVID and whatever this other sicknesses may be going around just whatever it is Lord man we want to move you in it Lord we just uh, we want healing we want peace we want no suffering or any of any kind in this Lord so uh, just be with us as we as we head into this year Lord and we're dedicating it to you we're giving it to you Lord we're giving you everything we have in Jesus name we pray amen All right, guys, that's it. Like Paul said, we'll make the announcement next week on men's and women's meetings and all that kind of stuff. And like I said, if you have any ideas, hit us up. We'd love to know them. God bless you. Have a good day.